You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast, the only podcast where we unpack the good and sometimes bad theology and the songs that we sing. My name is Pastor Joel. Welcome again to the Theology of Music podcast. I am Pastor Joel, or Peej, as no one calls me. Today, we're going to talk about considering the source. This is something that a few of you have actually brought up to me, whether you've mentioned it kind of referring to more of uh, the, the, another criteria that you've added uh, when you, you are selecting songs, maybe as a pastor or a worship pastor or a worship leader, um, or just as a, as a Christian, just kind of thinking through these different churches that are writing most of our music right now that we, we sing in, in many of the churches on Sundays. And so it's, whether it's kind of in there or even um, whether you've asked me, hey, what do you, you know, I, I know that you aren't always the biggest fan of certain writers or churches. Uh, so can you unpack what it, why, why should we consider the source? Should we consider the source? How do we go about that? And so today we're not going to necessarily look at a specific song, but we're going to talk about considering the source and should we and how could we? And so I think to do that well, we have to look at the Apostle Paul. So uh, many of you might know the story uh, from Apostle Paul when he is talking about those who are preaching out of personal gain, right? And so we turn to Philippians 1, verse 15 through 18, and it says this, Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter, those who do it from the goodwill, do it out of love, and knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel, the former proclaim Christ out of rivalry, not, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in the pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. So here we have the Apostle Paul essentially addressing a current issue in the church at that time, which was others were preaching. Now, they were preaching the gospel, and Christ proclaimed, right? They are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's something to make sure you make note here. But they're not doing it for goodwill or for the expansion of the, of the kingdom, essentially more just to, to make themselves look better than Paul or to be... Um, as in that day, there were people called the super apostles, right? And so there was, it's all about their image being puffed up. Okay, so that's, that's what's happening in this passage. Uh, but Paul also condemns a, a group of people doing something similar, and that's in Galatians, right? And so Galatians 1, 8, Paul essentially calls down a curse on bad preaching. He says, but even if we... So referencing himself and, and other people in, in Christ and other uh, proclaimers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. So what's the difference, right? You get celebration in Philippians, and, and but you get in Galatians, you get cursing, right, and, and condemnation. The difference is that in Philippians, when you look at it, you, you really don't see any evidence that the preachers, although they were hypocritical, right, they weren't saying anything false about Jesus. You don't get any evidence of that. They preached the true gospel. But those in Galatians were distorting the gospel. So what we really need to remember is that we need to be agitated and, and, and we need to be upset if the gospel itself is being changed in song or changed through sermon, right? And through preaching. 
not more so if the people who are doing it are wrong or defective, right? You know, so just just remember that. So I'm, the lesson we can learn that we, we can start with right now is that God doesn't need um, us really to proclaim the gospel, right? He doesn't need us to even be perfect in proclaiming the gospel, right? He can go over all of that. His His gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, overrides our, our poor motives uh, and our sinfulness, right? And we need to value, the second thing we really need to glean from this is we need to value um, the, the, the gospel, the truth of it, uh, than, than the attitude of the person preaching that gospel. Okay, so that's, that's the first thing we look at. And the Apostle Paul does a great job giving us that context with which I think we can then then talk about this next point, uh, a point that's often brought up when we talk about considering the source. And so when, I, when I'm thinking of sources, I'm thinking of churches th- where the pastors are, you know, could be heretical. They, they could be saying things that are counter to the gospel, right? So they're preaching a different gospel or they are preaching it in a way that is all about them, right? So both camps are being represented here in this, in this circumstance that Paul represents, right? Or, or mentions or talks about. Uh, and so the often question uh, that I hear is, well, should we be giving them their money, right? Because everyone gets royalties for something. And so when you sing a song on Sunday, that's the streaming license that you get for streaming it or playing it uh, through CCLI gives them the royalties. And um, you've also got people that would be spending money uh, streaming those those songs on Spotify or later when they listen to them. So you're giving people money. Uh, you're giving people who are wrong money. That's essentially the, the, the claim that I get, right? Here, here's the thing about that, okay? Um, whether or not they get a direct uh, royalty from you, to me, uh, is not the biggest thing to think about, right? There are a lot of people are uh, in in circles that I run in and that I I, um, I I look to for advice about certain things. A lot of people in these circles are adamant that we must stop playing these churches' songs because they we cannot fund them and their heresy or their 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 uh, error, right? Um, it, it, it's minuscule, the amount of money you get from this stuff, right? You really don't get a ton of money from royalties, okay? So you're not really giving them that much money, okay? Um, and, and two, uh, I, I don't think that's the main point we need to land on, right? It's not about the money, it's about the truth. Uh, and so that brings me to another aspect that we, we need to um, kind of unpack when we when we're thinking about considering the source is well what about authors who have left the faith right so let's let's not just simply look at these churches that we want to call out or these writers we want to call out right um, these these big churches that many of you probably already know, already know who I'm talking about right but the 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 main culprits that a lot of people um, look to are either Bethel or Hillsong. Some people talk about elevation, uh, and I'm not condemning in any way right now what I'm doing in this pod. Uh, I'm not trying to condemn right now, and that's what I'm not doing in this podcast. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to condemn. Um, what I'm what I'm doing is just referencing the the hot button, I guess, churches or, or, or sources of music. <clears throat> and so, what what I though would always pose back to you is, well, a lot of authors of hymns fell away from the faith. It is well. The author renounced his faith later. 
Heck, if we're talking about scandals surrounding an author, uh, Martin Luther, who wrote A Mighty Fortress is Our God, a wonderful hymn, right, had had an, a, a crazy scandal surrounding him towards the end of his life with his view of Jewish people, right? Not saying whether or not that, that was warranted or right uh, or, or, or anything to that, but I, what I'm saying is if scandal or, or if there's, if there's um, a, a potential for people to be uh, to stumble because they know of that, then uh, then we can't sing those hymns anymore either, right? So uh, what I'm trying to say here is when we're considering the source, yeah, if we're if we're going to draw the line on uh, someone, let's say they're preaching a false gospel or they're an apostate, meaning they, they don't, you know, they're not believing in Jesus anymore, they're renouncing him in some way, right? Well, then you need to cut, you're gonna get, you're gonna need to kick out some of those old hymns that you are holding fast to, right? Heck, there's there's even been some writers today. Uh, who wrote some really good worship songs in the past decade? Who have have veered towards universalism? Who have who have veered away from uh, being completely clear with their truth? Right? Okay. Do you now then not sing those songs? Uh, because yes, there are thousands of really good songs that are written that are being written for the church. You do not need to only look at. Hillsong and Elevation and Bethel and Chris Tomlin. There are other artists. There's Sovereign Grace. There's City of Light. Uh, there are many churches, even just smaller churches, um, that are writing music and they're putting them out. I'm not going to plug myself in the Grace Collective, but there are even groups like us who are writing music too. So you are not at a loss for good songs. Okay, so that's important to remember when you're thinking about considering the source. And, and then uh, as we think about, well, what about those people that follow, fall away? I, I, I think ultimately it, the onus is on you and me. I, I said this in the first, the, the intro podcast. It's, I am not you. I don't run your life. I don't, if you're a worship pastor or a pastor or a worship leader, I don't run the music ministry at your church. You do. Okay. Um, and, and you, yes, you and I will both stand before God and make an account for the songs that we presented to our church. Now, the thing we need to remember is those people in our church are not us as well, and they may wrestle more with things that we don't wrestle with. I I immediately think to Romans 14, where Paul is talking about the law of liberty, right? Like how there's, we have so much liberty now because in, in Christ, even in, in verse 14, he says, I know, and I am persuaded by the Lord Jesus, right? This is, this is him saying, look, I know, and Jesus is backing this up, that nothing is unclean in itself. Still though, to someone who considers a thing to be unclean, to that one, it is unclean, right? Now he's really kind of talking about food or you know, not putting a stumbling block for someone or someone honors one day over the other, right? That's in that context. But I think the principle still stands. Uh, if you worship pastor, right? So I'm speaking to you guys right now. If you put a song before your church and you know that there is someone in your church who would stumble with that, I think you're wrong. Regardless of whether or not you think you're right, if your call is to be a shepherd, shepherding the flock, and that person's that person stumbling is warranted, right? They're not just being like, I don't think electric guitars can be in church, right? Yeah, that not kind of not that kind of thing. But hey, why are we singing this song from this church? I thought that pastor said this. And you and through your research, you say he did say that. Wow. Man, I I I I can't find anywhere in scripture where it's say, no, 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 no. You, since you're the pastor, since you're the guy 
you can do it. Now, they, they will have to deal with it, right? No, that, that person isn't just a congregate to you, someone filling a seat. They are your brother or sister in Christ, and they are a part of your flock. Shepherds are supposed to be like Christ, the great shepherd, right? Who left the 99 to get the one, not referencing a song specifically, but if Christ models that, I think you can leave, I think you can leave that, that song that you really like uh, on the table and not do it because that one, that one person really would struggle with it. Leave the 99, right? Leave the 99 eh songs for, for that one person. Okay. I know I stretched that a little bit, but so ultimately, and for in, uh, ultimately as a worship pastor, that's what you need to consider or a pastor or a lead, uh, worship leader. Now for you as a parent or just a person listening, you are, you, if you're listening on your own, that's different. Corporately, it's a whole different ballgame when you're listening corporately than when you're listening privately or worshiping privately. But if you're a parent, God has called you to just as high a standard. You are the steward of your, of your son or daughter's spiritual life while they are yours. And what songs you put before them, it's the same thing. You got to be careful, right? If it doesn't say a right thing about God, why would you do that? Just because it sounds nice? I, did, I wouldn't do that. Because your kids are going to grow up on that. Now, if it's just you, look, I listen to songs from those churches, even if I don't always agree with the song or even the church. I'm a musician. I love, I don't know why I said musician like that. I'm a musician. I love music. And so sometimes I'm listening to songs that I don't necessarily agree with, right? But I'm listening to it as a musician going, I like what they did there. Oh, that's kind of cool, right? Oh, I'm picking up on different trends that they do or stuff like that. So, um, and I'm filtering it going, I know that's not true. This is the reality, right? And every time I listen to it, I'm not going, mm, yes, this is great. I'm saying, no, it's just, this isn't true, but I do like that melody or I like how it said that. So mature believers, if you can pick apart songs like that while you're listening, so you're not simply kind of just t being inundated, right, with whatever the song's giving giving you, then yeah, do it. But ultimately, it's you. It's your call. And scripture is clear. All of us, whether it's our lives or the lives of those that the Lord put underneath us as shepherds, we're going to have to make an account. And so I just think, yeah, there, we, we should consider the source but let's not beat each other up over sources. Let's not be the, those people who are known for being combative, right? Who are known for being so aggressive with our, with our opinions, right? That may be warranted, but that the love part of speaking the truth and love is lost, okay? So consider the source, yes, because God will make, will make us make an account, Right? But let's not do so in a way, right, that also causes our brothers to stumble. And so let's, let's continue to sing the best truths in the best context. Let's continue to lift high the name of Christ through song. Let's continue to encourage each other through melody, to teach and admonish one another in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. And let's consider the source. If you guys ever have any suggestions or comments or questions, just email me at theologyandmusic at gmail.com. But with that, you guys have a wonderful day.